if you've got your Bibles with you, you can turn over, me, turn over with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke's the third book in the New Testament. He's one of the gospel writers. And um, you can click on over there if you've got an app or whatever. And if you don't have a Bible or if you'd like a Bible, we've got some on the back table over there. We've got English, Afrikaans, and Zulu. So if you know someone who needs one, please feel free to grab one. If there's only one left, please take it. We have got more. Don't be like nicer than Jesus and leave the last one because you feel bad about taking the last one. It's like when you drink juice out the fridge, you always leave a little bit because you, you don't want to be the one who finishes the juice. But you can so help yourself over there. If you want to grab one of those, that is, we want to make sure that people are getting into the Word. So Luke chapter 5, um, early on in Jesus' ministry, and um, what, what Luke is telling the story of effectively here is a moment in, in, um, in Jesus' ministry when he's calling his disciples. So he's asking uh, some, of the, some of what would become later on known as the apostles to come and follow him. So it was the early days of his ministry. He had just been gone through his baptism and Jesus was probably around 30, 33 years old at this time. We're not exactly sure on dates and it's, it's not really essential that we know exactly how old he was, but probably around that age. So here he is and he's busy and he started ministering already publicly and he's seen some healings and some things going on. And then we come to uh, Luke chapter 5. And we, excuse me, we're going to read 11 verses quickly. And I'm going to read out of the NIV, so if you've got a different translation, it might sound a bit different. But, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is also the Sea of Galilee, there was a town near there called Gennesaret or Gennesara, which often in the Psalms it just got called by different names for people in different regions, but they didn't have good maps back then. But it was also the Sea of Galilee. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, as Jesus saw two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. So he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. Jesus loved the boat ride. Hey, we got like some of the best boat builders in the house this morning in the country. So I picked a good story. Thank you, Jesus. So, but Jesus gets into one of the boats and he gets into Peter's boat. And that's key that we just note that. I'll come back to that. But, and he says to him, put out a little bit from the shore. And Jesus sits down in the boat and he teaches the people from the boat. And, and where he was teaching, they reckon archaeologists that it would have made like a natural, nice amphitheater. So he would have been able to, to speak to many people and they would have been able to hear him. So Jesus is there bobbing in the boat, just in the shore, teaching the people. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who obviously was in the boat with him, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. For your son Jesus. I thank you for his life on earth. I thank you for his teaching. 
I thank you for his death and his resurrection. That means that for us, we get to live in your presence, God. We get to dwell in your presence. We get to remain in your house, God, in that place where you are fully there. That we get to be with our Father who is in heaven. Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that you would come and make your word alive, that you would come and make this word applicable to our lives, and that you would come and pour out your grace and your mercy upon us. Give us boldness and courage to follow you, Jesus, and to be obedient to your word. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the hardest things we have to do as people is change. Man, I don't know about you, but I don't really like change that much. I like things to stay the same. When I put it there, I like to know that it's there when I come back. And my kids help me with that often. And it's not the big things. It's the little things, like the nail clippers. Like they go on a particular shelf in the bathroom cabinet. And I've got two pairs there because I know one pair is going to go missing. So when I get down to one, I start getting angry. But we, we love to have things the same way. We love to do things the same way. We, we are creatures of habit. We love to get into routines. We don't like it when things change massively. Nobody does. And yet the one constant in our lives is change. Things are going to change. What Jesus is calling us to, I believe, as a church. We had an amazing time of prayer this week as we were fasting and praying for three days. And if you join, on us, I, uh, join us in that, I trust that it was a good time for you with God. But what I felt out of that is God calling us to launch out into deep water. Like he says to the disciples here, as he says to Peter, Simon Peter, Simon is also known as Peter. Jesus changes his name a bit later on. But he says to him, he's teaching in the boat on the shore. And then he says to him, Simon, launch out or push out into the deep water. And then let down your nets. And he calls him. And I feel that God is calling us to launch out into the deep water. I don't know about you, but I used to bodyboard a lot as a kid. I didn't surf. I was never really good enough at it, but I used to bodyboard a lot in Durban. And I never really liked being out in the deep water. It was nervous. I knew there were shark nets in Durban, and I bodyboarded a couple of times at places where there weren't shark nets. And one day at Peace Cottage, we were bodyboarding, and I literally saw a shark swim under me. And I almost became Peter getting out of the boat, walking on water, getting back to shore. It was that, it was that panic stations, red bells. I, I, I'm not a fan of being out in deep, deep water. I don't know what it is about it. It's like when you watch Jaws and you swim in the pool, you know there's no shark, but you still swim very carefully. But God calls us out. I feel Jesus is calling us to, to launch out into the deep water and to push out beyond where we can stand, to push out beyond where we are comfortable and where we are used to being. And it is a great call for us. And honestly, for us as Christians, for those, for us who are followers of Jesus, this is the essence of being a disciple of Jesus. Following Jesus means launching out into the deep. Because we cannot, we, we cannot come to Jesus. We cannot come to him and say, Lord, I follow you, I trust you, and carry on living our lives in the same way. It's impossible. It's impossible to do that. If we look at just the biblical record of people who follow Jesus, there's a change in their lives. There's, a, there's an immediate and massive change, shift in their lives when they follow Jesus. And that is probably the, one of the most terrifying things about following Jesus, is that he's going to change your life. It is scary. But he's always calling us to do that. So, so following Jesus, being a Christian, God is constantly calling us to launch out. It is scary, but it is good for you in the long run. And those are the three things I want to talk about this morning, just as we look at what, what this 
little narrative, this small little portion of what Jesus says, is that Jesus is always calling us out. It is always scary, but it is always good for you in the long run. So Jesus, with this constant invitation to launch out. Now, remember, Peter, Peter was a professional fisherman. It's what he did for a living. And they knew that when they fished, the, the way that it worked in the Sea of Galilee is that during the day, the fish weren't in the deep water. So when, when you can imagine, Peter's done a whole long night shift. So he's worked all through the night. They've worked hard. And there wasn't like nice big winches to pull up nets and things like that. It was hand fishing. It was hard work. It was physically tough labor. They had been up all night. He's there. They've just finished. They didn't have a great night. They're on the, thing, on the shore washing the, washing the nets. And Jesus says, hey, let's push out a bit. Can you imagine Peter just going, oh my gosh, bro. Like, I've just come in. I'm busy. Like, it's the end of the day, bro. I'm tired. But he gets, pushes out. And he's sitting in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus is teaching. And then Jesus says, let's push out into the deep. Let's go against everything you know in your professional wisdom and let down your nets. And Peter kind of, Peter's, I love Peter. His immediate response is always so honest with Peter. <laughs> and then comes the, oh, but because you say so, Lord. So initially he's like, maybe you don't understand, but during the day we don't fish in deep water, but okay, I know it's Jesus. Because if we, so just to back it up a little bit, Peter's had some experience with Jesus before. He would have heard about him, but at the end of chapter four, we read that Peter was, that Jesus came to Peter's mother-in-law and healed her, Simon Peter's mother-in-law and healed her. So, so Peter had seen Jesus healing people and he'd heard a bit of his teaching and obviously he'd heard what he had said that morning in the boat. So he kind of, and you see by the way he addresses Jesus, he realizes who he is. He calls him master. It's the same word in Greek for Lord. It's the same word that, that he uses later on, Kyrios. But it's a, it's, a, it's a sign of respect and a sign of honor and a sign of someone who's in charge. So, so Peter has an idea of who Jesus is, but his first reaction is so honest. I love it. And then he says, okay, because you asked me to, I will do that. Even though it goes against everything that I know is smart and right and true. I'm going to do it because you've asked me to do it. It's kind of like fishing with Mark and one of his sons where they know better, but we caught on the one that Mark said we must put out. Okay, Dad, because you tell me to, I will. He's raised his sons right, but they still put their own on out. But as a Christian, this is, this is the essence for us. A Christian is someone who leaves everything behind and follows Jesus. We launch out. We launch away from the shore. We launch away from that which is comfortable. We launch away from that which we know, which is certain, with Jesus, and we follow him out. And it's amazing because Jesus doesn't say, Peter, I want you in my boat. Jesus climbs into Peter's boat. And this morning, I believe and I trust that Jesus wants to climb into some boats here today and say, let's launch out. And he doesn't stand at the shore and tell Peter, hey, Peter, you go and you launch out. Jesus is there with him. And it's such a beautiful picture of our lives because that's how God works with us. That's how God is with us. He's not a God who's like this distant man with a big stick and he's trying to you know, get you to do things for him. You're not his slave. You're his son. And, and Jesus is in that boat with you. And when Jesus says to you, I want, to do, I want you to do this thing and I know it goes against everything you know and I know it goes against everything you feel comfortable to do, he is standing right there with you. And he is going with you, friends. It's your boat that Jesus climbs into. He gets involved in your life. And that's scary. And if we look at Peter, 
You see, for, for, for this, this is a constant thing that, that Jesus tells He's constantly asking us to push out into in different areas. But if we just look briefly in a brief oversight of the life of Peter, we see Peter over and over again, Jesus calling him to launch out. It's not just a once-off. There is the start. There is the first time God calls us to launch out and to trust him and to put our faith in him for salvation. But as we walk with him, he calls us over and over again in various areas to launch out and to, to push out from shore. And we see it with Peter. And Jesus does it over and over again with him. Where he calls, and Peter's like, yes, I'm going to follow you. No one's going to stop me. And Jesus says, well, then launch out and come with me. Peter gets a bit scared, denies him three times. Jesus is there, restores him again. Says, Peter, I love you. This is what I have for you. We see in Acts where, where Peter is, God uses Peter over and over again to minister. Something that an unschooled, in those days, an unschooled, uneducated, rough fisherman wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been his place in society to stand up and to teach in synagogues and to preach. It was almost scandalous what Peter and, and the James and John, his, part, his fishing partners, were doing in those days. And that's beautiful. And we see, we see God calling Peter out to go beyond racial and ethnic boundaries in Acts 10 with Cornelius. It wasn't even right for a Jew to go into a Gentile's house, never mind go and eat with them. And, Peter says, and, and Jesus says to Peter, push your boat out into the deep waters. Launch out with me. I want to break down some things, break down some cultural mindsets that are wrong here. Launch out with me. Over and over again, Jesus calls Peter to launch out as he follows him. He is calling us to launch out into deep water. Now we all have, we all have sin and brokenness and parts of our lives that prevent us from launching out. And for most of us, it comes down to a pride issue. Either I'm self-sufficient and I'll do it, or I'm worried about what people are going to think. Both of those are pride. I'm worried about what people are going to think of me. You know, when, for some of you, uh, God might call you to, to launch out in ways that is things like praying in public. I remember you know, a couple of terrified people wondering if I'm going to ask you to pray in public now. But I remember the first time I was asked to pray in public. We were at a, at a home group meeting, so like a small group. There couldn't have been more than 10 or 12 people there. It was actually at my employer's house. He was a, one of the leaders in church, and I was working for them. Hadn't been working for them very long. Hadn't been saved very long. I was unchurched, so hadn't been in church like as a kid growing up and stuff. But, so I was mid-20s, I was, but I was, uh, I was pretty wild. And, uh, but anyway, and so Voter said, said to me at the, the beginning of, the, prayer meet, beginning of the, the evening's meeting, he said, hey, Mark, won't you open for us in prayer? Let's pray. And everybody closed their eyes. And I, I literally felt the blood drain from my whole body. I don't know what happened, but I just lost all the blood in my body. And I froze. It, I looked like a deer in the headlights. I kid you not. I think I, I, I might have even changed race. I went so white. But, and obviously, Votes opened his eyes, and he looked at me, and he just, he just whispered, you'll be fine. And I thought, no, I won't. No, I won't. I will not be fine. This is not fine. I'm not fine. This is not, this is not okay. And I, I don't even remember what I prayed. I'm pretty sure I prayed. But I don't even remember what I prayed or prayed. And it, and it was fine. And that was Jesus calling me to launch out into the deep. I remember this, someone, I remember when Jesus challenged me to lift my hands. I am not the most uh, verbose, dancing, dramatic, out there, uh, interpretive dance kind of, that's not me. <laughs> if you've, uh, you know, we, we do weddings sometimes and my wife gets, the one thing she hopes for at every wedding is that I will dance with her. That, and she, only, she doesn't get it at every wedding. It's only every now and again. It's, it's, just, I don't, it's just not who God, I'm not the most 
physically expressive person when it comes to those things. And I remember Jesus calling me to launch out in worship and to move and to raise my hand. Guys, there's no, I'm not putting anything of mine on anybody here. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But this is God calling me out to launch out into the deep over and over. And maybe that's what God's calling you to do is, is in your own way is to launch out into the deep. And I want to encourage you if, if that's what God is doing, if he is challenging you in any way to launch out, don't ignore that prompting of the Holy Spirit because it may be scary, but it is always good for you in the long run. We'll get to those now. You know, it was, it was scary when God called us to move provinces. When we, before we moved down here, we were living a real comfortable life. We had our own house. We didn't really have to worry about money. We two cars. Kids were in good schools. And we felt God say, go. Move to a province I love. I grew up in Durban. And it, it was, but move into a place where I've got to trust a guy that I've met once in my life. And it was, I've never seen the house I'm moving into. I'd never, I've been, never been to St. Lucia for more than a day or two. And, yet, and that's God calling us to launch out into the deep. But you see those big things, those big moments of launching out into the deep, they come on the back of lots of little moments. Of lots of little moments of launching out to the deep where, where Jesus calls you and he just says, I just want you to go out and do this. And it might be simple things like, hey, go and, go and ask that person how they're doing. Hey, go, go and pray for that person. I want you to, and, and as we are obedient, as we, as we risk with God, and I'm going to get to that now, but as we do that, God then calls us out to launch out into the deep. As much as we may resist it, much as we want to go, no, this isn't the way my family did it. This isn't the way my culture does it. I want to carry on doing things the way that my, I'm used to doing it. God calls us to launch out into the deep. So, what does it mean to launch out into the deep? It's easy. It's real simple. It means saying yes. You ever seen that Jim Carrey movie? Yes, man. After a fast, if anybody offers you, the answer is yes. <laughs> we... If you don't normally eat white chocolate, it happened with Kirst yesterday. I don't, I don't know how long it's been since I've seen my wife eat white chocolate. Yesterday, Shells offered us one. She was like, yes. That's what it is. Launching out into the deep is saying yes to Jesus. It's a constant saying yes. But that yes is a terrifying thing because what you're doing when you're saying yes is you're consenting to the presence of God in your life. You're consenting to God being active and involved in your life. You see, God is an amazing gentleman. He will not force himself on you. And yet he is constantly there inviting and knocking and asking. And he wants to be a part of your life. We're consenting to the action of God in our life when we say yes. It is asking God every day of our lives, what do you have for me today, Lord? What is your will? And the terrifying part of that is that God might answer you and say, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to launch out into the deep. So God... Our following of Jesus, our discipleship, our apprenticeship to Jesus is a constant being called to launch out into the deep waters, to be walking with him, to be following him. And it is always scary. There's an old saying in church, it says, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And it's true. When we say that we have faith in Jesus, we need to risk with Jesus. You see, for, G for, for Peter on that day, there's now a crowd listening to Jesus. He's got some partners who are there. He's in the boat with, and Jesus says to him, put down your nets. I mean, can you imagine James and John sitting on the shore going, what is that idiot doing? We've just washed those nets. Why the hell is he fishing in the deep water? He's gone mad. The risk is that he's going to look like a fool. 
And yet he, okay, Jesus, because you, because you ask me to, I will. I'll go and do it. Who looked like a fool later on? James and John. When Peter's calling them and going, boys, we need some help here. We're drowning. Incredible moment. Jesus gives them the catch of a lifetime. And what do they do? They leave it behind and they follow Jesus. It's amazing. What God is calling you to may go against common wisdom, your experience, your professional knowledge, may go against everything you know. If you've heard the story of Angus Buckin, Faith Like Potatoes, made a movie out of it, there's a cool book about it. It's an amazing thing. There's a farmer who did something that was, by farming standards, completely unreasonable. All the farmers around him laughed at him. They said, what are you doing? We know you've come from far away, but that is, that is not how things roll here in KZN. This is silly. And yet he had heard God. And he launched out into the deep with God. It's incredible. The best fishing is done by day in shallow water, not in the deep water. But Peter goes, Simon Peter goes against all his professional knowledge. He goes against everything he's afraid of. And he follows Jesus because he knows Jesus and he knows that Jesus has asked him to do that. And that is the key for us. So Jesus is always constantly calling us to launch out into the deep. It is always scary because it entails risk. And we have to have faith in God to be able to do it. But it is always good for you in the long run. It's incredible how good this is for Peter and the disciples in the long run. It's not, you see, there was a short-term gain for them. They got the fish. It was incredible. More fish than they'd ever caught before. Sinking two boats. Clearly they needed some skills. Have you ever caught enough fish to sink your boat? You have? Big fish. Not yet. Those hatches. Full those hatches. Hey? That's the answer I was looking for. Is you can't catch enough fish to sink a yelled cat. Show us, Jesus. But friends, it is always, they, they, they come up, they get, these, they get these fish on shore, and it says, it's, I'll read it to you again, it says, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. It's incredible. How do you go from having the biggest windfall in your business to leaving that and following Jesus? That is how beautiful Jesus is when you meet him. That is Jesus calling them again to say, I want you to launch out into the deep. Leave that. You're going to be fishers of men. This is what I have for you now. And friends, Jesus is calling us to that very same thing. Over and over again, he's calling us. You are more than what you do. You are more than your job, your things around. You are more than just your role in your family. You are my disciple. I love you. I'm going to make you fishers of men. This is the thing that Jesus does with all of us. He calls us to launch out into the deep. The reason he does it and the reason it's good for us is because he gets the glory. And that might seem counterintuitive, but it is. It's good for us in the long run. We spread the good news. We spread his gospel to a world that so desperately needs it. If we're going to be those who lead our families, our friends, our communities into the best that God has for them, we must first be those who follow Jesus out into the deep, out into waters that require us to trust in Jesus, where we rely on him wholeheartedly. I don't know what God has for us into the future. I don't know what God has for each of you into the future. But I do know that if you will trust him, if you will launch out into the deep with him day after day, moment, of, moment after moment, whenever you hear him, to call out and to say, hey, put out into deeper waters with me. 
and you go, it doesn't make sense, but because you say it, I will. If you will do that, I know, and I can promise you that your best years are ahead. Your best years are ahead. If you will follow Jesus, if you will today choose to be obedient to him and to launch out into the deep waters, it, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But your best years are ahead. Because it is always good for you in the long run. Simon Peter went from a professional fisherman who no one would have known about to somebody who everybody knows. Most people outside of church life or unchurched just know him as St. Peter who guards the pearly gates. I don't know how he went from a fisherman to a gate guard. Sounds like a bit of a demotion. But he's, so much, he's not. He's so, that's not who he really is right now, by the way. But he's, he's so much more than that. But he is Simon Peter the Apostle. The one who, on, on the, early, the early church was built on the revelation and on him that he had of who Jesus was. This man who was so bold and brazen, spoke before thinking, but loved Jesus brutally and openly and honestly, followed Jesus every day of his life. And because of that, look how God used that man's life. Simple, ordinary, unschooled man. If he can do it with Simon Peter, he can do it with any one of us. Dave, won't you and the guys come up and start playing, please? So just as we close, I just felt that there needs to be a bit of a response this morning. As we, I'm going to ask Dave, and they're going to sing a song for us, lead us in a song. But I want to ask, won't you allow God to speak to you in this moment? Ask God, and just take a moment to be quiet, put aside the cares of the world and, and the things that are maybe following you around every day. And ask Jesus, say, Jesus, where are, you, where are you calling me to launch out into? What area of my life are you calling me to launch out into the deep? To push out with you. And maybe, maybe what we need to do is, is start off, hey, won't you stand with me?